We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, hello there. Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I have no idea why I just got so excited right there at the top. Maybe because it's been two full weeks since I've actually done an episode and had a guest with me. It is Tuesday, December 6th, episode 509. Thank you for tuning in, audio side, the video side. I'm joined again on Tuesday, like I always am, by my good buddy, author, podcaster, sports media personality extraordinaire, Joe Yurden. What's going on, man? How you doing? It's been a minute. Yeah, it's 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 been a hot minute. Uh it, now I'm doing good, man. It's uh it's been uh, it's been a little exciting over on this side uh on this side of things because I got got some stuff finally popping off here. So it's uh it's been a little bit nervy, a little bit, you know, uh just nervy, I think is the best word for it. But yeah, it's uh, but it's good. Everything's it's a good, good nervy for you. Yeah. yeah um yeah, I'm happy for you. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that in just a second. It's oh I'm Really, and you know what? We've talked about this before. I know, at least I have on the podcast. Sometimes, when you do this for a while, and again, you write all the time. You do the, your own podcast. You mm-hmm. you do my podcast every week. You jump on other people's shows. You tend to kind of, I don't maybe not necessarily burn yourself out, but you get a little bit tired. It becomes a little bit less fun and more of a chore at times. Mm-hmm. I and you would agree with that, right? No yeah. matter how much you enjoy it, it becomes a chore at times, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, every, every time you do work, it it feels like work some days. Even sure, if it's something sure. you love doing. Sure. And I get that way sometimes with this podcast, but then I don't get to do one for two weeks and I, I start missing it, man. I'll tell you, I was uh I was I was in bad shape for for a for a while there. In fact, I remember it was not this it was last Monday. I was supposed to tape with you and I reached out to you. I was like, shit, man, I'm feeling shitty again and long story short i don't want to relive all these boring ass details but i ended up going to urgent care and i got diagnosed with copd exasperation for the second time in six weeks and basically i have copd i've been living with that for over a decade now and basically it's like it's like copd on steroids it's like it's bad it's like when it's inflamed and it's really acting up and uh the first time I went, I had like headaches and fevers. This time it was straight up shortness of breath and then just congestion and just feeling freaking awful. So went to the hospital last Monday. Uh, then the next day, Tuesday, I went to pulmonologist and been on antibiotics and 
and steroids. It was probably the first, in fact, I know for a fact, going two full weeks, started this podcast almost five years ago. So this is the longest I've ever went in between podcast episodes. I've taken a couple, you know, mental health days and, and things like that. I want a little mini vacation, but I've never missed two weeks. And certainly not because I physically couldn't do it. I physically could not talk last week. Probably good news for some people. Not, not really so much good news for me, but uh, yeah, man, this is the third time this week. I've, I've got it, or not this week, third time this year. I've ended up at urgent care being sick. I don't know if it's the cold Buffalo air or what. I just got too used to being in Florida or what, man. But it shit sucks, man. Yeah. Is it, um, have you broken out the winter coat yet at all? I mean, it's, you know, snow, snow stuff aside, but like, are you like a, are you like me where it's, if you can wear a sweatshirt or well, basically just a hoodie anywhere you go, isn't that, yeah, uh, isn't that I'm just like what you want to do always? Same. That's me. Yeah, same. Literally the same. I uh, I, I don't think I ever wear a winter coat, even when it was like what ten thousand feet of snow a couple weeks ago. I don't even. <laughs> I don't even know that I wore a coat. Now to be fair, I work from home, so it's not like I'm out commuting on a daily basis. So I work right. from home. I do this podcast for the most part from a home studio, and I do have a second job. So I mean, I go out. It's not like I never leave the house, but um. Right. I don't go out that much, man. I haven't, haven't really had a the need to have a jacket. I just like to layer up and I, and I wear hoodies and I wear skull caps all the time. But yeah. uh hey man, it's just been it's been rough. I miss I miss podcasting, man. I missed uh miss talking to you, miss interacting with people. I, don't get me wrong, I couldn't talk, but my Twitter fingers were really strong over the past <laughs> week, man. I was tweeting my face off because I, <laughs> I, I I couldn't talk, but uh yeah, man, it's good to be back. It's good to be back, and I'm happy for you. And by the way, you alluded to this. I want to talk about it before we get into Bills and Sabres stuff. So, again, if you follow Joe on Twitter, you already know this, or if you just know Joe, he's had his Noted Hockey substack, and that's been going for quite a while now, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally, at the urging of many people, Joe has finally made it available where people can support his work. There's three subscriber level levels it's five dollars per month, or it could be if you want to do annually, it's fifty dollars per year, which you can save like ten bucks per year by going that route. Or there's a level which I think this is really cool a <laughs> subscriber level fifty dollars plus per year. Now, there's no set amount if you do fifty dollars plus, you become what's called a noted founder. And what I like about this the most is that it gives somebody an opportunity to kind of well to put you to work, man. To uh yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? To to give you an assignment, you, you assign a story, and and Joe's gonna write it for you. But in all seriousness, man, first of all, congratulations! I'm I'm glad to see this become uh, something where people can support you. And yes. obviously, that's important. Sometimes mm-hmm. people don't realize that going to and from the arena. Because look, it's one thing to to have a blog and to do stuff like I do, and many others do. It's another thing when Joe is going to the arena pretty much you're at every practice you're at every game Mm -hmm. financially expenses add up and again you're doing this on a professional level right now not just Mm -hmm. as a little hobbyist like somebody like myself likes to do i I dabble from time to time joe is like really doing this and Mm -hmm. uh you know i kind of liken it to uh a a mutual friend of ours tyler dunn who started a sub stack as well go log Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he bet on himself. And essentially, that's what you're doing right now to an extent. So I'm really happy for you, man. And for people who might be new to this show, uh, just kind of give them a little bit of 
tell them a little bit about what you're doing here at Nord Hockey and with subscribers being able to uh, support you now, some of the stuff that you're going to be doing in turn for them. Yeah. So with, with this, I'm, the idea is to do a lot of kind of broad NHL based stuff. Now, obviously I'm doing a lot of work for Bleacher Report still. Uh, that's not going away. I'm still doing sure. that. That's, you know, it's all part of the hustle. You gotta, you know, you gotta have your, you know, your hands in a lot of, in a lot of pots. Absolutely. Here. Um, but this is, this is to do more that than you know, some of the lighter, more entertaining kind of stuff that I do with, with Turner. Uh, this is, this is more like, you know, kind of boots on the ground reporter kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, doing analysis, uh, writing, writing some, you know, kind of, uh, uh, featurey profile kind of stories um doing things like that where it's you know talking to players talking to coaches uh talk to you know executives to agents gms all that kind of stuff uh and, and trying to you know with hockey being such a you know it's a long schedule it's 82 games there's a lot of stuff that you know that, that goes on through the season and it's not structured the way football is where it's like you know you know what you're going to do every day with football hockey don't necessarily know what you're going to be able to do day to day and you don't know what's going to pop up. You don't know what's going to happen. So, sure. uh, you know, it, it's, you know, it's looking back at each game. Well, most games, I'm not going to write a game. I, I'm not doing, I'm one thing I did take from the athletic. I'm not writing any game stories, you know, it's just, but it, writing analysis about games and what, what happens and what people are saying after the games and providing that, that sort of perspective of being a person that's there every day, uh, who's around who, you know, you're able to get an idea of like what the vibes are around the room, how, you know, how things feel, how things look. And, uh, you know, different things that, that happen around, you know, with the Sabres, certainly, uh, because there is going to be, it's going to be heavier Sabres stuff on there, but, uh, but I've been doing, uh, some profile pieces called like a, uh, calling it across the hall. Uh, if there's a visiting team that's in town for a day or so, uh, go talk to maybe some of the star players there, talk to some, you know, to people that might have Sabre connections or, uh, you know, connections to the past or whatever, writing something up about them, talk, talk to them about, you know, catching up with them, writing stories about what they're up to during the season or what they've come back from, you know, there's all kinds of stories to tell. So I want to try to tell as many of those stories as I can. Um, but I, you know, I, it's, it's about, you know, just providing, you know, insight to like, to what's going on around, uh, around the, you know, not just the Sabres room, but just, you know, at, at the arena, at, at the games uh, for what's going on. So uh, it's, it's exciting. It's a lot of fun to do it, but yeah, I, I, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And, it is. you know, I, I, and I've had people reach out in the past to say like, Hey man, how can I, you know, how can I help you out? And I was like, well, I got a thing coming. Just, you know, you know, just be patient. It'll be up there. It'll be up there eventually. And I, within the last couple of weeks, I had a couple of people being like, Hey, do you have a Patreon? Do you have this? And I was like, no, give me a week. Give me, you know, give me a couple of weeks here. This is, I'm getting everything squared away. So I uh, came up with this idea to do, you know, five bucks a month. You know, it's kind of basic. That's pretty easy. It's pretty easy to do 50 bucks a year. You save some money. It's peanuts. Five bucks. I'm going to say this. I'm going to cut you off and I'm going to say this. Five (laughs) bucks a month for the work that you do. Forget about the fact that you're on my podcast and forget about the fact that I consider you a good friend. Even if I didn't know you at all, I do follow your work as a journalist. What you do, the effort you put in five bucks a month is peanuts. And I think the average sports fan who appreciates work and understands how things work in today's society is not like the old days, you know, the Buffalo news, you have one or two publications and literally that's it. This is what talented people do now. Like I said, you got to bet it on yourself. You're your own brand. And for the work you do, the effort that you put in and the content that you provide, I'll say it if you won't five bucks a month is 
peanuts. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, it, it is. It's it's the classic cup of coffee, but I don't know how much a cup of coffee costs anymore because in five bucks. Is, is <laughs> perfect. perfect. You know, it, you know, cut, cut, take one day for out without coffee and put it to me for a month of a, a month of work. So that. It's a good. It's a good trade-off. A month of work for a day of coffee. That's that's a good trade. <laughs> but the uh, but the uh, the 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 noted founder level was something I was I was proud. I proud. I came up with the name of it. Now the, the founder thing is that's like a Substack thing, which you know that's fine. But I was like, well, I gotta spice it up. I can't just call it a founder. Like, what the hell are you founding? Like, you're founding. Like, you're you're founding <laughs> helping me out, I guess. But like, but I wanted to make it so, give you something special with it because you know when you do subscribe you pay subscribe you you know you get to uh comment uh you get to i mean comments not it's not a big commentary site if you want to make it one you can you can sure do that i'll i'll jump in on it that's for sure um but it's you know having you know getting being able to read everything having no worries about that uh but if you're but if you know if 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 you've enjoyed my work if you enjoy the effort or both you know or you know you, you you like needling if me you tolerate your work as you said right. here in your post if you if you exactly. tolerate my work right so it's uh always self-deprecating pat you know how it goes sure. um but it's uh but like but like if you wanted to if you wanted to give more than than 50 for a year like you get the year subscription but then you get to you get to be my boss for a story you know and it which is funny. You, 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 I created that, and now I've gotten funnier questions from people being like, "If I pay you fifty dollars and one cent, does that count?" And I go, well, "Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course that counts." And they're like, "They're like, will you write about my kids' hockey team?" I was like, "Well, I sure, why not? Like, I can go do that, but, um, but ideally." Keep it within the realms of hockey. I and no smutty stuff. I don't. I don't want to put any constraints on anything. I don't want to scare anybody away. But like, uh, but but certainly, like, if there's a story, you know, a story involving the NHL or the AHL, uh, that that's that you're like, hey, nobody's writing about this. Why don't you, you know, hey, I you know, I paid you, you know, seventy five hundred bucks, whatever it is. Uh, go write about this. Go find out about this. I want to. I I kind of want to find out what's going on. So things like that because. If you're helping to support me, I want to help give people the content they want to see. Sure. It's the big thing. And uh, that, that to me was really important to do. So um, something I, else important too that needs to be uh, said along with this. By the way, if you're if you're not watching this on YouTube, because most people actually are listening to this as opposed to watching this, the site is notedhockey.substack.com. Again, that's notedhockey.substack.com. And one other thing. Um, about subscribers and, and levels for you that you haven't mentioned yet is that 5% of subscription costs are going to the, the MDS foundation. And for people mm -hmm. who may not be familiar with why you're doing that, let's, uh, let's let people know that. Why? So uh, back in March, uh, my mom passed, she fought uh, MDS, which is a, it's a type of rare blood cancer. Um, there's still a lot that's unknown about it. Uh, you know, how it develops, how it starts, you know, where it comes from, you know, what causes it, all that kind of stuff. I know in my mom's case, it, it, it started up because of a, you know, a, a gene mutation. It just something, they said, it's something that happens to people after they turn 60. Sometimes it develops some, you know, for a lot of other people that none of that stuff ever happens. But for my mom's case, that that's what happened. I think it's 60 or 65. But when you reach that, when you reach that age, sometimes this is what happens. And, you know, the blood cells stop working right. Bone marrow starts to get a little sideways and things get out of, get out of hand and it can get bad very quickly. So, um, in my mom's case, they, they were able to catch it fairly early, but it, you know, cancer, you, you don't, you can't predict how that stuff's going to play sure. out. 
Um, so she passed from that in March and ever since then, and you know, I, I began the Substack back in what last October, uh, not this past one, but you know, 2021, uh, with the idea to eventually do what I'm doing now with, you know, subscription, paid subscriptions, all that stuff. Uh, but it was not long after I started that, that my mom's health started to get a little bit, a little bit worse for the wear. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, once the new year came, once it turned to 2022, things got worse kind of quickly. So, uh, that put a lot of the, a lot of everything on hold for, for trying to do that. So, um, but now I want to, you know, I, and you know, listen, I'm not a wealthy person by any means. I do not come from wealth. I'm, you know, usual middle-class, I don't want to say blue collar because I've never had a blue, well, I don't retail is not a blue collar job, but like, I've never had like a, you know, like factory job or right. I know any, of that, any of that kind of stuff, but, sure. um, but like, you know, trying to give to, to charity, it's something I always like to do, but it's just, you know, you know, money's tight a lot of the time. So, yeah. um, but this was, a, this was an opportunity for me to, you know, to have, uh, people support my work, uh, to support me in doing that work. Uh, and it, it gives me the chance to, to give something to a charity that I want to help out for something that I didn't know anything about until May, 2019, uh, when I got a, started getting a crash course and finding out what MDS was and what it's about and, and everything that goes into it. And, you know, ca- cancer affects everybody. You know, we've, you know, we just had hockey fights cancer month in the NHL in November. Um, and it's, you know, everybody's touched by it in one way or another. And, Sometimes the stories are positive and that's great, but other time, a lot of times, uh, they don't turn out for the best. Uh, and that was unfortunately what happened with my mom. So, uh, I want to do something to give back the MDS foundation. They're not terribly well supported. Um, you know, look, looking up charity stuff, you, you know, I want to make sure I'm not giving it to some, some bad organization, but like they're straight up there for real. Um, but they don't, they don't take in a lot of money. So, uh, I wanted to do something, even though, you know, maybe it'll be a drop in the, you know, be a drop in the bucket as far as everything's concerned. Who knows? I don't know how well this will go. Hopefully the better it goes, the more I can be able to help out. But, uh, but I wanted to do something. I, I felt it was necessary for me to do something. So this is what I'm doing. Well, I mean, as far as we move on with the, the utmost of sincerity, if there's anyone out there right now who works hard and who deserves support from sports fans and who's earned it, it's you, man. And whether, again, with doing your own podcast and and the writing that you do and doing like this show, for an example, and I guarantee if you got a podcast out there and if Joe can find the time to squeeze you in, he'll do it for you, man. And uh, mm-hmm. you work hard and, and you're talented and you do good work. I mean, it's one thing to work hard. You could grind, but if you ain't got no fucking talent, <laughs> you know, oh, well, but you do. Yeah. So, again, I, I kind of like it to what I've seen Tyler be, be able to do. And I really hope that you're able on the hockey side to, to follow along over time with that same path. And again, I'm going to let everybody know one more time. It's a noted hockey.substack.com. Go check it out, man. Check out a couple things. He's already got up there and I'm sure you'll see for yourself that it is uh worth subscribing before we get into some bill stuff too. I, I quickly want to acknowledge um, you and I were talking on mm-hmm. off here before we got going here a little bit. Uh, Ben in high school, they won the class A state championship. They beat Newburgh section nine, 42 to eight. Um, it's the first state title ever for Bennett. 
and they're just the second Buffalo public school ever to win a uh, high school state football championship. Big props to uh, Coach uh, Steve McDuffie, uh, UB commit. I'm looking up the numbers. Jaden Lewis, heard of this kid, 77-yard touchdown run. He had 169 yards on 12 carries. Jamario Thomas, big 80-yard fumble return. Um, Bennett came out strong. They were up 32-8 at the half, so it was never a game that was much in doubt. And the amazing thing about Bennett is – you look at their record and they're seven and six, and you're like, well, how the hell does a seven and six team mm-hmm. win a state championship? Well, they're seven and six because they had to forfeit all their law. <laughs> Those losses were all forfeits because mm-hmm. they had an ineligible player early in the season. So they had to qualify for the playoff. But of course, once they got yeah. in there, um, they got it. And I just want to mention that on this podcast because, mm-hmm. like I told you before we started taping, I'm bitching all the time that I don't think media outlets in Buffalo do a good enough job of covering high school sports and smaller college stuff here. And these kids deserve a lot of recognition. And uh, I don't know, man, I just think it, it's a really cool deal living in Florida for five years and seeing how huge high school football was. It's like yeah. religion out there. And uh, you know, not much goes around here in Buffalo, but when a team wins a state championship, especially a, a city school, a Buffalo public school, yeah. man, I, I take a lot of pride in that. That's really cool. So big props to Bennett there, man. Yeah. I, uh, I, I was able to, I saw this story come up a few weeks ago when they were getting, they started getting smacked around with this with this stuff, and it seemed mm-hmm. very specious, very like sour grapes coming from other schools or you know sections or whatever, just being like, "Oh, they didn't fill out the paperwork, right?" Well, screw off! Like, just come on, you're yeah. you're gonna kill a, you know, a bunch of kids' season because you know somebody didn't sign on the right line or, yeah. or technicality or, stuff. Get Technical stuff. Lost with that crap, like you know. Uh, that that stuff just makes me sore to hear that, especially because it's a public high school. You know, they're they're almost they're almost an East Side high school kind. Of, I mean, it's right on Main Street. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, um, I grew play up playing football like, there. Yeah, yeah, so like it's that's a it's a great story, and I love you know and who who can't get behind a team that try it starts getting screwed by the man, and then they just come out and they just whoop everybody's ass and go win a title. That's pretty yeah. great. It, it really is, and. uh I grew up playing there at Bennett High School football. When I, I, it was the Yale Cup or the Harvard Cup. I'm sorry, the Yale Cup was basketball. Let me get my facts right here. <laughs> Growing up, this was before Buffalo schools got into Section Six. It was all just Buffalo schools, and the Harvard Cup was the big thing every year. But anyway, every school has their own stadium, pretty much now. But back in the day, it was all Riverside. All the games were at either Riverside Park or All High mm-hmm. Stadium at Bennett, and they were always a pretty good team. But anyway kind of getting off track. I'm just happy to see a, a Buffalo public school uh, win a state, state title. Um, all right, so Buffalo Bills. Isn't it funny what a uh, a couple weeks a difference it can make? I'm going back here. We talked. Uh, I was like November you try to 14th. Rub salt in the wounds here, Pat. Careful yeah, November. Look, man, November 13th, the Buffalo Bills are up three scores on the Minnesota Vikings, and they blow the game blow a three-score lead, and they fought a six and three. And now they've lost back-to-back games because they laid a complete stinker the week before in New Jersey against the New York Jets. That was three weeks ago. Things were not looking so good. Josh Allen's elbow was bothering him. He's making a lot of mistakes. This team was starting to look really flawed. Not that they're not, you know, they're still not perfect right now. But my point is this. They're six and three, lots of holes. The national media can't jump off this bandwagon fast enough, which is to be expected when a team struggles. Anyway, let's fast forward to today. Now the Buffalo Bills are sitting um, 
not just in first place in the division, but first place in the AFC overall. That's because the Bills, first they handled their own business on Thursday night, impressive against the New England Patriots. But then we got to sit back, and Bills fans got to do a lot of rooting on Sunday. And man, oh man, things just went absolutely perfect. The Miami Dolphins going to San Francisco. They lose. The Kansas City Chiefs go into Cincinnati. They lose. And just like that, the Bills are 9-3 and by themselves atop the AFC East. And for the moment anyway, they're tied with uh, Kansas City and seeing that they won head-to-head. The Buffalo Bills are currently the number one seed right now in uh, the AFC. Like I said, a, a nice, uh, if you're a Bills fan anyway, a nice couple of weeks culminating with a lot of people, you know, expected the Bills to be where they are right now. And for the moment, that's where they are, number one. It's, um, I know, listen, I'm not, I'm not going to rain on anybody's parade here. Um, yes, you got to win, you got to win the games. Like, they won the games. They win the games. Mm-hmm. That's good. Like, that's, that's the key point. To me, they're still not playing very well. New England, I've said all along, New England's a bad team. I don't judge anything. I know everybody likes to take a victory lap beating them. I get it. I understand. Sure. Um, like, that's great. Uh, they played like crap against the Lions. Absolute yeah. crap against the Lions. That's a game they should have lost. Lions lioned it. That's, that's how I said it at halftime. I was like, guys, friggin' relax. I know how this game ends. And people are like, no, 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 they're going to win. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> They didn't play great in the Cleveland game either. No. Um, those were, very, I mean, Cleveland and Detroit are not playoff teams. I mean, I know Detroit's in the hunt. We know what that means in Buffalo, okay? We know what in the hunt means around here. Um, but they're not a playoff team. Uh, had they not crapped down their leg the first, you know, five weeks of the season, maybe they would be, but that's neither here nor there. But um, they're not playoff teams. You shouldn't have to rely on your kicker to win you games against bad teams is is my like they six field goals against the browns um they get they get the lions kicker misses a kick that basically cost them the game like it's it's a lot of stuff where i'm like and again you need luck on your side you need to have luck as well as being good and the bills are good never said they're not good right i'm not impressed with these three wins, but they got the wins the wins are the important part get the wins you uh people like me gotta shut up so that's, that's <laughs> I'm going. I'm I'm being careful here because the last thing I want to do is come off as a homer, Bill's not, you're not a Bill's maker, and an apologist. But I will say this to your points, and they're not entirely wrong because they were they impressive victories, probably not. But I will say this: the Cleveland game that was just kind of a mess. The snowstorm, you know, switching right. to Detroit, they didn't. Pra- I do think that had some effect on them, at least a little bit. Anyway. But I agree. Other three but, games. But everybody said they were happier that game was going to be at the Dome. They're like, oh, if it's oh. in the snow, they're going to run all over us and we're going to be in trouble. And I'm like, well, okay. I and agree. They, and they struggle with it. And it's like, okay, well, you got your wish. And, you know, that happened. The, the, yes. It wasn't the most impressive victory I've ever seen. I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. It's weird because Joe Yernan is a big Detroit Lions fan. Yes. I am not a Detroit Lions fan, but it, no. I feel like I think more of your team than you do. You because do. Because I'm telling you, Detroit's won four or five. They easily could have beat the Bills. Five five. They could have won five of five. They should lost have. close. That's not a could have. That's a should have. They I don't, I, I'm not going to go through their schedule, but I do know that they had a couple of close competitive games. I, I know for a fact they should have beat Miami and they blew that game. 
because they played uh, yeah. really good against Miami and then uh, fell they, apart. They should have beat Philly. They should have De- beat Seattle. Right. They should have beat Miami. Detroit. The, the Miami game is the one that finally got them to fire the goddamn defensive coaches mm-hmm. that stunk, the secondary coach especially. And and again, like just reflecting back on the, the Bills-Lions game here, everybody on Twitter, everybody kept saying that entire second half of that game, they got the worst defense in the league. They should be giving up a thousand points. And I'm like, you idiots haven't paid attention since they fired the coach. They've got like a, not a, it's not a top 10 defense. Don't get me wrong, but they went from 32nd in the NFL to 19th in four yeah. weeks, five weeks by playing any amount of defense, but everybody, well, they're the worst in the league. We got to score a thousand points. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up, uh, man. I Dude. think Detroit's pretty good. Now, are they better than Buffalo? No. no the Bills not. The Bills played like shit on Thanksgiving. Short week. And again, I know I'm sounding like an apologist. You know who else had a short week? That I week? know, but they the do Detroit it every Lions year. Lions did. It's annual with them. The Bills went it's- to Detroit twice in five days. I, I just feel like things weren't right. Now, Josh Allen did not play that well. Dane Jackson, I was ready to, to throw a shoot through the TV. On that. Cleveland, pick your, pick your poison. Cleveland or Detroit. Dane Jackson couldn't cover anyone to save their lives. No. Lots of mistakes. Um, Mitch Morse, I, I think Mitch Morse missed the, the Detroit game. He did, so. right? Because Bates played center. Yeah, that was pretty much a disaster. Anyway, I'm not making excuses. You're right. They were not impressive victories. I do disagree with you, though. I do think the New England game I thought was pretty impressive. Because the Patriots have been playing decent football. It was a divisional game, a primetime game. The season was pretty much on the line for New England. And that was, it it was a very one-sided game. Forget about what the final score was. I think the Bills were never threatened. They were never in danger. I think they were in danger against, they were in huge danger against Detroit. Yeah. To some extent against Cleveland, not against New England. I I thought the Bills had a pretty dominant performance. 100%. The yeah. Detroit game is the game that they should have lost. They didn't. Oh, so, you know, listen. Quick, quick left turn here, Joe. Real quick here. You're Lions guy. Yep. Jared Goff to me. Yes, we missed three months ago. Just get through the season and yeah. get rid of this dude. Is he gonna stick around? Because I don't know. I feel like he's playing pretty well. If I'm a Detroit <laughs> fan, I'm like, I think I could do worse than Jared Goff right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, 100 percent To me, it shows what you can do when you have an effective run game. Because huh? off last season had to throw it, you know, nine out of 10 downs. And like, that's not where he's good. You know, the light, you know, Amon St. Bra had a St. Brown, Amon Ra St. Brown. Let me get the name right. Amon Ra St. Brown had an incredible rookie season last year because yeah. he was Goff's go-to guy and he caught everything thrown at him, which was amazing. It's kind of shocking too, because it was not, that was not expected of him. Like he wasn't supposed to be the guy. And it turns out, yeah, he's the guy. Great. Um, but like they had to throw all the time because DeAndre Swift was hurt constantly and they didn't have a, uh, a run game of any kind of repute at all. Like they just couldn't run the ball last year at all. This year, Campbell got his mitts on all his linemen and said, all right, we're going to, we're going to run the ball like they used to back in the day, which is a weird call because it's a passing league. I get it. But the way that they run the ball and people have to respect it made it so that people can't just, Park it, park it in a nickel and wait for Goff to throw the ball at him because otherwise Swift or Williams are going to tear one off for 15, 20 yards. And then you're like, the hell, like who runs the ball anymore? And then, you know, suddenly you're getting dinked and dunked to, to, to St. Brown or to Shark. And then it's like, okay, well, this sucks now. We don't know what to do. Like 
offense hasn't been a problem for him this year. And Goff has been great. I, you know, he tore up Jacksonville yesterday, which is and whatever. Jacksonville's not great, but you know, they're they're, they're, they're not they're not terrible. They got no, they got a good no. pass rush. They they've like, done well in a lot of games this year. Oh yeah, but they put forty on them. Like that's yeah. that's a heavy game. They not I mean they knocked Lawrence around, which was good. It's good for the defense to do that. But um, but Goff's been fine. Like I. They're still going to draft a quarterback, and they're going to draft it with the pick they get from the Rams because the Rams are stinking ass this year, and they've got their first round pick, and now it's looking like it's going to be a top five. Yeah. You kidding me? Like they're they're going to have their pick of the kid from Alabama or Ohio State right now, and it's like, well, there's your there's your next quarterback, but like now you don't have to press him into duty immediately next year. You can just be like, oh, Jared's got it. This guy learn. Like do it the old school way. The way Dan Campbell wants to do everything is the old school way. Let it let the new quarterback sit there and watch the other guy play for a year and then say, all right, well, Goff's contract is probably up like what after next year or two years away or whatever. Let him play. Let Goff play. If you play like this offensively, you don't have to worry about it too much. I mean, Goff played like an idiot the first five weeks of the season, but like, you know, a lot of some of that wasn't really his fault. I mean, the Philly game was his fault. Like, you know, he threw a pick six right to like directly to an Eagles corner that just ran it back easy. So like that's that's a typical shit golf game, but I don't I, I don't worry about them now. Like the offense is the last thing I worry about. Like they traded Hawkinson, I figured like well now they're gonna score like six points a week, and you know they're gonna stink ass. No, they've been better. It's crazy, and they haven't even had the kid they took in the first round this year play a Jameson game. Williams. He yeah. hasn't played it down yet. He hasn't he hasn't been healthy to play yet. Like he blew out his ACL last year. Like what last game of the year, bowl game, whatever it was. He still hasn't played. He's probably, I mean, if he plays it all this year, it'd be stunning, but I don't know. What if what if they go from in the hunt to being knocking on the door of the playoffs the last week of the season? What what do you do then? Mm-hmm. They're scheduled. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sports fans who like to wager, I'm here to tell you about Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. If you're looking for a one-stop space on these interwebs to compare odds live up to the minute, look no further than Odds Trader. Why is Odds Trader so valuable to you? Well, for starters, it's the perfect place to compare betting odds and lines from all the major sports books. Why does that matter? Well, it matters because if you're liking a team, you want to throw down some cash on them. You're getting your choice of what's getting you the best odds, the best lines. It's a chance to find the highest payouts if you're betting on the underdogs 
or whether you're profiting the most if you're going with the favorites. Odds Trader also allows you to compare all the different signup codes and promos from the sports books so that you can get the best deal out there for you. If that's not enough, Odds Trader, the app, also gives you player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, which by the way, that can be a huge thing to know in certain situations. Odds Trader also has a betting tracker so they can keep records of all your games that you have wagers on and all your betting activity. Simply put, Odds Trader gives you quite literally everything you need to make the most informed bets humanly possible. If you're in this betting on sports games, any sport, by the way, make sure you go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. I cut Joe off as we went to commercial break. Like literally, as he was making good. a, a, you a good that. point about the Lions. Look, man, I agree with you. They're a, they're a fun team, and and if I was a Lions fan, I I think there's a lot to be uh, excited about. A long way to go, but oh, yeah. uh, you know, there, there's there's light at the end of the tunnel if you're a Detroit Lions fan, and I, okay. I think realistically, it's all you could ask for. Here, here's the thing: I was going over this with my dad at Thanksgiving. Talk, you know, after the after the idiot Bills game, like whatever, fine. But I was like, look at the rest of the schedule they got. Okay, they just beat Jacksonville. Cool. Right? You know, took care of business there. Home game, fine. They're home against the Vikings. Vikings are fake as hell. I am I, I, I am convinced that they are the phoniest, like, good record team in the NFL right now. They, sure. they are bad. They are fake. They are not a good team. But they luck out, and sometimes teams get a little bit too easy on them, and then they take advantage of it. Like, that's whatever. Uh, but then they're at the Jets. They can beat the Jets. Yeah. And then they're at, then they're at the Panthers. They better they beat the Panthers. Beat them. Yeah. Then home against the Bears. Yeah. Bears are stinking ass right now. Yeah. And then they finish at the Packers. Yeah. Well, well, well. Suddenly it looks they're like they're the able to make a run. They, they're in the hunt. They legitimately can make a run right now. I think they're, Detroit they're is seven. Like I think Detroit okay. is. Li- and let's not forget here. The NFC stinks. NFC stinks. I mean, right. you probably are going to have. Well, Dallas is going to be a lot. I'm assuming Philly wins the division. Philly or Dallas is a lock to be the first wild card team. Then you got Washington and the Giants. I think Washington seven five and one. So basically, they're still two two and a half back. It's going to be a long shot, but with five games, they win four of those games. Washington still got to play division games. Yeah, it's not over yet for Detroit. At least put it this way. At least you're they're holding your interest. Unlike the Sabers usually do when it gets to be late February, early March, when it comes to playoff races. At least Detroit's holding your interest. Yeah. Late into the season, you know who's gonna screw it for him though, and it and it because it always comes down to the Lions shooting themselves in the goddamn foot. You know who else has an above five hundred record in the NFC? The Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, game they should have won. Yeah, I think it is a forty eight forty five shootout because they couldn't defend, they couldn't cover me or you. But yeah. you know, it's a game they they're in it. Sure, for the one. Yeah, that's that's the one that's gonna hurt them. Yeah, yeah, that, for sure. That's that's the get that's the team that's gonna screw them out of getting into the postseason. Could be. It's just still, it's fun to I mean, see Detroit. Like we, got, I, we got five games to go, so like, yeah, yeah, we'll see. What, we'll see. Maybe in a week or two, finishing five and twelve. Like, let's be real. <laughs> let's circle back to the Buffalo Bills. Okay, so again, they run off three in a row here. Um, lots of differences. Balance mm-hmm. has been the biggest difference. The Bills, at least the last two games for sure, have been much more committed to uh, running the football, and and they've done a good job. It's taken twelve games 
But finally, Josh Allen is not the leading rusher on the Buffalo Bills anymore. Devin Singletary's no. up to 603 yards. I think Josh the first Allen's time in three years he's not yeah, the leading Yeah, 581. So Devin's now leading the team. They actually have a running back leading the team. But uh, Josh has played pretty well. Different kind of well, though. Not mm-hmm. explosive. Oh, my God, this guy's ridiculous. Although we saw a couple plays in, against New England where he was ridiculous. That tight, mm-hmm. uh, the tight rope on the sideline, touchdown to Gabe Davis. Yep. That was crazy. He had a beautiful touchdown pass on the run. The digs that called got called back because Tommy Sweeney got called for holding. Anyway, those highlights aside, you get my point. He's been much more efficient. He's taken what the defense has given him. He's only thrown one interception in the last three games, and that was on a tip pass against the Detroit Lions in the second quarter. So he's played pretty well. Um, like I said, he's a uh, – it's not as many explosive plays, but I think this is what Sean McDermott wants. He wants an offense that can run the football, maybe not as much as the passing game, but at least enough to complement it reasonably well where you have to respect the run. James mm-hmm. Cook had his best game. I feel like every three weeks we say this, though. James Cook has a great game, and we're looking forward to bigger things for him, and then he kind of makes a mistake, takes a step back, and he's right back in the doghouse, and Devin Singletary becomes the workhorse. Hopefully that's not going to be the case because I really like James Cook. I thought he looked fantastic against the Patriots. But anyway, Josh Allen is – he's playing well. And it's like people – because he has a bad game. He hurts his elbow a couple bad games or so-so games. I don't want to say bad games. He was bad against the Jets. But that aside, it's like so-so games. He's still third in the NFL in passing yards, and he's still tied for second in touchdown passes. Very much in the thick. Well, maybe not in the thick of the MVP race right now. However, the way the schedule set up, if they went out and they beat Cincinnati along the way and Tua along the way, Josh is still very much has the ability to get in this playoff MVP or regular season MVP race. I mean, you got, you know, Joey Burrow, Mahomes, Jalen Hurts is right there. Tua sucked in San Francisco, but he's been really good this year. Anyway, who cares about the MVP? But my point is, they're getting they're they're a different offense these last couple of weeks, much more balanced. And I and I think that's going to be important heading into December. Yeah. No, you need that you need to have the balance. And you need and we've been saying this for weeks. You need to not have 90% of the of the yardage coming from Allen is is the thing. Like you, you, you couldn't have him getting all the rushing yards and then throwing for all the passing yards. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the passing yards let him have all those. That's that <laughs> I don't want Isaiah McKenzie racking up passing yards or you know, anything dumb like that, but um yeah, but like you, you don't need him running the ball every time. And again, I, again, Bill's watcher. I, I every time I see him take off running, I have like that final destination moment where I'm like, oh, this is where it ends. This is this is this is where it all stops because mm-hmm. some dumb stuff will happen and then and forget it. it it's over. But because um, he's taken some pops the last few weeks, he's taken some pretty wicked hits. Um, yeah, and, so, and some of that's not even rushing. Some of that's not even rushing. That's that's a couple of pops in the uh, you know, in the back. He got hit hard against New England a handful of times. He took yeah. a couple of really big pops. Sure, right. So you know, it, it's things like that, and and I I know damn well that's why they're trying to force the run more, not force it, but like they're they're doing well with it. Um, but that's why they want to do it more because they don't want to have Allen taken off running all the time because it becomes predictable, and then suddenly you got not just one guy spying him, but two. And then if you're able to get in the backfield, well, he's going to take off running, and then you got somebody waiting for him to to try to clean his clock. So it's it makes sense to do it 
a normal rushing game wise because it keeps it keeps defense on on their toes because they they can't predict easily what's going to happen. Yeah, I would say this too. It's funny because you're right, but when push came to shove, and I go back to that Detroit game at the end of the game when they couldn't fumble and they just wanted to get a couple more yards to make the field goal more manageable, mm-hmm. back-to-back design runs to Josh Allen to the right mm-hmm. side, put your head down because it's like, I ain't trusting Devin Singletary nope. and I ain't trusting James Cook. That's I'm a different home. situation, though. Like, it that's, is, yes. That's, yes, a, that's, yes, a, yes. that's a make sure you keep the ball. Yeah. You know Game's not, on the line. Yeah, you, It's not going to be a Viking situation again. Like That stuff's not going to happen. No. God, it's so, I'll tell you what, you, you go back again. And, and it is nice to be able to to look at this the standings right now. And all that matters at the end of the day is the Bills being the top seed if the season were to end right now. But, man, you go back to that Minnesota game, a game that they should – God, you play that game 99 out of 100 times, mm-hmm. you're not losing that game. Yep. Just a great – I mean, how they blew the lead, whatever. All that stuff aside, yep. handle the goddamn snap, go forward a half yard, one, two plays, ball game. That's it. Yep. And now the Bills are 10 and 2, and they actually have a little bit of cushion to have a stinker yep. along the way. Don't really have that luxury anymore because I looked at Kansas City's schedule. I don't think the Chiefs are going to lose again. So the Bills, if you're talking one seed in the AFC, I think the Bills have to win out. Certainly they can. It starts this week, Sunday, against the New York Jets, Couple which I would caution people. I think the Bills are clearly the better team, but mm-hmm. the Jets did beat the Bills already in New York, New Jersey. Um, they play the Bills tough. They got a good defense. They got some weapons, and they got a better quarterback now than they do with Zach Wilson. Mike White's no world beater, but he's better than freaking Zach Wilson. He threw for 340 yards this past week. That's crazy. Yes. He still lost, but, like, that's nuts. I'm telling you, the Jets are a pretty good football team. Now, yeah, they Mm -hmm. lost in the New England Patriots twice, too. So if you want to say the Jets, well, they ain't that good. Hey, the Jets are 7-5 and um, with some major injuries, just like the Mm -hmm. Buffalo Bills. You got to come ready to play. The Bills were not ready to play against New York a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. I do not think that's going to be the case here. Um, are, we, are we ready to write off Baltimore now because Lamar's? Jacked well, up. he might only miss a game or two, but I still think they're going to make it as a wild card. I think Cincinnati, I don't, I don't Cincinnati's going to win that division. Gross. Like it's Baltimore. Like I mean, maybe it's just because they play Denver, and Denver's the worst team in the NFL to watch on television, and that they keep ending up on television. But. Um, like, you know, pulling something – I mean, again, Lamar gets hurt, so you have to kind of pull one out of your ass against Denver to, to win it. But, like, man, it's, everything about Baltimore, like, the last three or four years is like, man, they're, they're going to roll, they're going to be so good, and then everybody gets injured. And it's like, well, they're toast. See you later. And now it's like, well, Lamar gets hurt. Everybody else is fine for the most part. But, like, you know, Lamar gets banged up. You're like, all right, well, screw them. They're done. I, I don't fear them. I don't no. fear – I don't I don't fear – Miami, unless the game is in Miami in January or February, I'm telling you right now. The what AFC to me, five degrees here when they play here. Don't don't matter. <laughs> You're not coming into the stadium, and Tua's not going to play well, and they're not going to beat the Bills in the stadium. I'm I'm very confident what of that. If, I, I just am. What if Tua goes off? He's not. He won't. Not against the Bills. Not in Orchard Park. I'm. I just. I look. Say never say you- never. I get it. And I know I sound like a fan, but I'm also, I'm just, I'm being honest with you, man. Um, to me, the AFC is three teams. Okay. It's Buffalo, it's Kansas city and it's Cincinnati. And because I think it's three teams, that's why I think it's so important to get that top seed. Not only are you guaranteed to not lose in the first round because you ain't playing. You're also guaranteed to not have to play Kansas city or Cincinnati. If 
you win your first game, you know, in the in the second round, you got to go out and you're going to have to beat Baltimore, or Miami, or Tennessee, or or one of those teams. Mm-hmm. But Cincinnati and Kansas City, those are clearly there's three teams in the AFC, and those are two of the three. Let them play each other. And by the way, Joey Burrow owns Pam Mahomes. You're always three and zero against them. Mm-hmm. If you're the Kansas City Chiefs, I know this sounds crazy because the Bills are so explosive and they've beaten Kansas City back to back years in Kansas City during the regular season. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan, if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm Patrick Mahomes, I'd rather play the Bills. I don't want to play the Bengals. Bengals are 3-0 against me. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's uh, If it's a road game, I don't I don't know that it matters. I yeah, mean, they, it's still Mahomes. He's the, he's the he's the one-man wild card. You can win whatever. Sure. He is. They're but, all wild cards. I think Josh Elliott went on the road, too. Yeah. I don't know. I just The Chiefs, yeah. they just don't match up yeah. well with the Bengals, man. It's yeah, it's something about it, but like, I don't know. The bill comes due at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh. Like, you know, like bills beat Kansas city and Kansas city this year. The bill comes due some point, the t- uh, you know, it's two good teams. At some point, the other good teams got to get one on you. And like, yeah, you know, I'm looking at it. It's like, Oh, Kansas city's own three against Cincinnati last t- three times. Huh? Well, oh, interesting. What if they play in the playoffs again? Uh Oh, they win that one time. Then they're off to the next round or if they're off there. They're off to the Super Bowl. Who knows? Who knows? Well, I agree. The difference, though, between being the one seed and two seed is likely you're likely only playing one of them to get to the Super Bowl, whereas if you're the two or three seed, you're playing both of them. Mm-hmm. If you're the Bills and you finish two, you're probably going to have to beat Cincinnati and Kansas City. If well, you're the one seed, you're only going to probably have to beat one of them. You know what I mean? So I, that's why I think it's really important, besides just the, uh, the home game. Piece of news, by the way. This came out Monday shortly before we started taping. Not this week, but next week, the Buffalo Bills game has been moved mm-hmm. from Sunday at 1 p.m. on the 18th to Saturday night, uh, 8.15 p.m., Buffalo-Miami, a huge game, very likely for the AFC East. And uh, it's going to be in Orchard Park, and it's going to be on Saturday night. God, uh, again, you're a watcher, not a big fan of the bills. I, 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 won't be, I won't be watching that game. Unfortunately, you know why? Why? The Sabres are playing in Arizona that night at nine o'clock. Oof. Cool. Good work. Everybody I will not be watching Thanks. the Sabres game. This is why Joe deserves your five bucks a month, man. Cause right. you have to sit I'll the watch Sabres the games. Game. You refuse to <laughs> look. <laughs> I don't like it. Here's the thing. We, I'm throwing this out there now. Maybe Lance and I do a live maintenance day podcast because Lance not Lance is not on that road trip. So maybe we just show up. Well, we're not going to be able to watch it at a bar because the Bills game will be out at every bar. So there you maybe go, we'll yeah. just have to record in the in my apartment or Lance's apartment. Watch a Sabres game on a little 15-inch TV somewhere <laughs> at a quarter at, at one of the bars. But, yo, seriously, I am, I've said this a million times, and I know you have too. I am a big Sunday 1 p.m. guy. That's just yes. how I am. I like that routine. And I was planning on having a Christmas party on Saturday the 17th, man. So that shit's well, out the freaking window now because the Bills are playing. Can't have you can still have a gathering and a party, but it can't be a Christmas right. party. You can't be playing. I want to play Christmas music and wear yeah. all the cr- ugly Christmas sweaters and, mm. and have a good time. And now it's going to be all about the bills. I will say this though. I did Most look this up. Winning holidays. I, I, <laughs> I don't know how people feel about it. I personally don't like it. I don't want the bills playing on Saturday night, but I will say this too. I, uh, I put up this tweet. I, I looked it up and I did not know this. And I just went through the schedule and, and figured it out. Buffalo bills record this year, Thursday, games because they had two night games one day game thursdays are three and oh monday night football one and oh sunday night football one and oh sunday 425 they played the chiefs one and oh 
Sunday, 1 p.m. games, three and three. The Bills are undefeated this year when they do not play Sunday at 1 p.m. They're 6-0 and in non-1 p.m. games. So if you're looking at that and you want to put some stock into that, the Bills play better in prime time or not Sunday at 1 p.m., maybe playing Saturday night against Miami is a, a good thing. Matter of fact, the Bills play Sunday at home at 1 p.m. this week. That might be the last 1 p.m. game they play all year because they're, now they're playing Miami on Saturday night. The next week they play on Saturday again at Chicago. Then they're at Cincinnati on Monday night football. And then the last week they're at home against New England, but that's still a t- to be determined. So who knows what happens with that game. Probably going to be a 1 p.m. Sunday, but they might move that to a Saturday as well. It might too, be a so. 4 o'clock t- game too. Right. It could be. They could They they could move it. It's in Orchard Park. But anyway, uh, yeah, man, I'm – I get it. I get why the country's going to be oh, involved. Yeah. I mean, it's a big, it's a marquee game. Again, oh, it's right. the two best yeah. teams in the division, and it, it's meaningful. The winner probably, if Miami wins that game, they're probably going to win the division because that would be a sweep against the Bills, and the Bills are I, a game up now. So, probably for the division, man. Can I, uh, I, I, I got a good question for you. Last sure. night after the Sabres game, I go meet up with some buddies, and, you know, the, the, the game that was on uh, NBC last night was Dallas Indy. And I'm looking at that going, how does that game stay at eight o'clock on a Sunday night when you had Dolphins Niners and Chiefs Bengals? How do you not swap that game out at all for either? Of, now I know Miami's supposed to be on there is going to be on there next Sunday. I think. Yeah, so they are. Guess the Chargers. They're out. How do you not steal Kansas City Cincinnati away from CBS and say tough shit? I don't know. It's a good question, and I don't know the answer because I don't know what the rule is. I know that the network is allowed to block. Well, I'm sure I don't know if it's one that. game. I don't know if it's a three games. I know that because the NFL was going to flex the Bills-Jets game this mm-hmm. week to Sunday Night Football, and okay. CBS blocked it. So I don't know. Maybe they also blocked that because I agree with you. How do you not have Kansas City and Cincinnati as a yeah, – I'm, uh, I'm watching the Colts just hand the ball to the Cowboys' defense for the entire fourth quarter. I'm like, who – likes this who wanted to watch I, my problem is more with the schedule maker not making kansas city cincinnati the afc title game last year yeah. automatically the sunday night game yeah. how, how 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 i think the the network got to block a certain amount of games before the season started from being flexed i know the bills kansas city game that was a 4 p.m game earlier yeah. this year i know for a fact that the league or the network blocked that from being able to be put on the schedule for mm-hmm. Sunday night. There's a certain amount of games that they're allowed. They don't know what week they're going to play, but they know that they're going to play that opponent and they're, they're allowed to, I, I know that for sure with the bills, Kansas city, because that would have obviously been a primetime game this year. From NBC, I'm losing my mind at getting some garbage Thursday night type of game on a on <laughs> Sunday night football. Are you kidding me real quick? Cause you brought up Sunday night football. Um, and, and then I want to finish with a few minutes of Sabres talk here. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. came in over the weekend. I don't like talking about visits and stuff like that, only because we are taping right now. So it's around dinner time now here. It's 6, 6.30 Monday when we're taping this. This is going to drop in the morning. And there ain't going to be no Odell Beckham signing on Monday night. I, don't, I shouldn't say that. I, I'd be surprised. But it could happen relatively quick. Two things. A, I think Odell Beckham Jr., if he signs anywhere this year and plays at all this year, if he's cleared to play, if he's healthy enough, I think it's going to be Dallas. He was here in Buffalo over the weekend. 
from what I've heard, it was a good visit. Yeah, I don't know. He told Von Miller, he jumped on his Twitch or something, said it was a good visit. I don't think he's going to, and I'm not trying to be Adam Schefter here. I don't necessarily inside sources. I don't think he's going to sign with the Bills. I think he's either going to not play at all or he's going to play with Dallas. And for people who are saying, well, uh, you know, well, I guess he doesn't want to win a Super Bowl. And this is what's going to be my other quick take here, my hot take. Here's a hot take for you before we get into some Sabres stuff. Okay. I wish you had a fire alarm going on at your house right now as, <laughs> as I say this. I think the Dallas Cowboys are the best team in the NFL. I think they're better than Philly. I think they're better than Buffalo. And I think they're better than uh, Kansas City and Cincinnati. Their roster is the best in the NFL. Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. They got a good offensive line. They got two great running backs. They got a great number one receiver in CeeDee Lamb. They got a good tight end in Schultz. They got complimentary receivers, which, by the way, Odell Beckham Jr., let's throw him into that mix. And their defense is ferocious. Micah Parsons might be the best player in the NFL. He won't win MVP, but he might be the best player. He might have supplanted Aaron Donald at this point as the best player in the NFL. They got a good secondary. They got good linebackers. Dallas is the best team in the NFL. I'm telling you, man. I w- I, I would bet on the Bills because I'm a homer. I, I am. And no, I, I but my life depended on it. And you said you cannot take the Bills. Who are you taking for the Super Bowl? I'm telling you now, I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, two things to counter that. Uh, Mike McCarthy is still the coach, correct? That's their biggest detriment. You're right. Okay. Good point. Uh, uh, somebody described the Dallas Cowboys. This is part two. Somebody described the Dallas Cowboys to me as the Toronto Maple Leafs of the NFL. And you know what? They're absolutely fucking right. Have been. Good When's point. the last time that they did anything of that was like get to an NFC title game? The 90s? Maybe I agree. Early 2000s? Maybe? Like, I, no, I don't. Not. You're right. God, no I hate that you're so right. They, they won a playoff game in 2015 against Detroit that they needed the refs to hand them to them. <laughs> the Lions. I I get it. You're right. Your points are Ryan valid. Got a 90 yard penalty for running on the field to yell at the referee for a pass interference call. They were calling against Dallas. He's not a defensive player. He ran on the field to yell at the referee, and they I got they picked up. <laughs> I look, man. You're right. I'm I'm trying to look up something seven here. Seven years. I'm still very mad about that game. I'm I'm trying to look right now. They last time they won. A game in the playoffs? Jesus Christ. Was it 2015? I, I don't even know. Well, they won the Super Bowl in 95. Right. Uh, they lost wild card, wild card. I don't know if they won a division. They, there's some times where they've lost a division. They haven't made a conference championship game since they won the Super Bowl in 95. Let's put it that way. And let me be clear about something, too. I fucking hate the Dallas Cowboys. I am not a Cowboys fan, all right? I hate them. I'd hear that. I, I've always hated them. So I'm not rooting for them. I just think they're really, really good. I think they have the best roster in the NFL. I don't care about the whole Maple Leafs thing, although you're right, because things, you can get the monkey off your back. That can happen overnight. I will say this, though. Your point about Mike McCarthy is well taken because I don't trust that motherfucker in a close game. They're in a tight game in the fourth quarter. That's where I would get concerned. But, man, that team is really, and I don't want to disrespect Philly. Philly's very good, too. But. I think Phil I just think them honestly, right? It, well, no. I think that if they smoke them, they're going to smoke them under Dell Beckham Jr. Because that's what I'm getting at here. I think my point is, if Beckham plays this year, I think it's going to be Dallas and not Buffalo. And look, 
You want to call me out if they sign that you, but fans want to call me out if he signs with the Bills. But I do not think that uh, Beckham is going to, I just don't think he's going to play for the Bills. Um, all right, let's let's sort of some Sabres talk before we get out of here. I, just, uh, I, I looked up the playoff record. The last time they won a playoff game was 2018. 2018? Against Seattle. Yeah, so they did win a playoff game. Oh, right. 2018. The time before that, yeah, it was the Detroit game. So yeah, so they history won. says history doesn't yeah. bode well for them. But that said, like I said, I just think that on paper, I think they're the best team in the NFL. I didn't say they're going to win a Super Bowl. I said I think they're the best team in the NFL right now. Mike One through guarantees they are not going to win. <laughs> they might not get out of the first. They might not get past their first game, which they don't usually do. So. Yeah. All right. Carthy never gets past his first game. Is the other thing. Like, I the NFC title game and then lays a giant egg on the field. He's definitely the biggest detriment for, for Dallas right now. Um, all right. So speaking of championships, I don't think the Sabres are going to be celebrating one anytime soon, but no, you were there at the arena Sunday night. They looked really good. They beat the San Jose Sharks six to three. So 25 games in they're 11, 13 and one. I, I kind of feel like um, you could look at this team right now, depending on if you want to look glass half full or a glass half empty. I kind of want to take a little bit peek into uh, both ways there. And by the way, if you haven't checked out Main Estate Podcast, um, it just dropped here on Monday. Lance and Joe, I'm sure you guys talk plenty about this oh, game. Yeah. I know you're talking about the Cousins line as well. You guys mm-hmm. highlighted that. So make sure you guys go uh, check that out. Glass half full. Sabres have won two of their last three. Uh, Tage Thompson just continues to, to be ridiculous, not just with the production, the way he's scoring goals, I mean, it's just so fun to watch. He's got 16 goals this year, 34 points on the season. Um, Rasmus Dahlin, he's got 29 points in 25 games. He's on pace for like 90-something points. And I, I I saw it yesterday or on Twitter, like the Sabres franchise record for points by a defenseman is Phil Housing. It's like 82, 83, something like that. So mm-hmm. Dahlin's on, on pace right now to uh, obliterate that. Yeah. Um, Dylan Cousins. By the way, Dylan Cousins, so 24 points, 25 games, nine points, four goals this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just shortly before we started taping this, he's actually the NHL's second star of the week. Again, nine mm-hmm. points in four games. So he's just been absolutely uh, phenomenal. Alex Tuck's up to 12 goals and 24 points. And Jeff Skinner's up to 12 goals and 27 points. He's been one of the hottest players in the NHL. Mm-hmm. So like that nucleus, if you're looking at the glass half full, Man, these boys are fun to watch right yeah. now, man. It really is entertaining. It's it's fun to put on a hockey game. These yeah. at least two of their four lines. It's like, man, it's like electricity when they're on the ice. Yeah, they the second highest scoring team in the NHL right now. Are they really? Yeah, I did not know that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's it's, it's it is wow. surprising to hear that. Like it's like, oh, them? Wow, really? Uh, I didn't know yeah. that. Ninety five goals. Holy shit! Dallas Stars are number one with ninety eight. Like that, and they have probably the best player in the league right now. Well, one of them anyways, and Jason Robertson. So, and the devils are third, like it's, it's, it's like the nineties all over again, Pat, the stars, the Sabres, wow. devils lead, leading the league in goals. Well, Sabres never really did well with the offense in the past, but right. no, like that's, it's crazy, but yeah, it's man, oh man, it's, uh, it, it's, they have three, I would say they have three lines squared away right now. Uh, certainly Tage, uh, Tage Skinner and Tuck, like that's, set it in stone i think you can set paterka uh, cousins and quinn in stone too because if you if you break them up it's because something you know either like they they go quiet for weeks on end and then you're just kind of like well we got to do something to change it up 
or a guy gets banged up. Like that's the only way you're breaking that lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the fourth, well, I, fourth line in name, third line in use uh, with Gergensen's and Opozo. Whether it's Jost or it's Krebs centering them, I don't think it matters because that's your that's your third line, and either of those guys can take care of business. Uh, and we saw that against San Jose; they both they split time between uh, centering that line last night because I think I think Don just wanted to make sure because uh, he I, I think he knew he was parking Middlestat and Olsen on the bench as much as possible late you know second half of that game. Uh, so we wanted to make sure Jost and, and Krebs got their got the ice time that they should get. Um, I, I, I and people are concerned about Krebs. We talked about it. Lance and I talked about it at the pod. I'm not concerned about him right now. His the last two games he's played, he looked he looked very good. So it's just you know figuring out how to get that bottom end of the lineup correct. And you might have to you might have to like find a way to sit down. Well, not sit down, but like you might have to break up Gergensen's and Opozo and just have one of those guys go to the, you know, to the to the other line and play with somebody. But I think you have to you have to separate Middlestat and Olsen somehow on that on one line together at five and five. Play out, you know, the power play, whatever. Like let them stay together. They're good there. Mm-hmm. Um five on five play, though, they've been pretty rough the last few weeks. And like and last night. Kind of highlighted it pretty well because they get the goal to go up 5 2 and 20, it was like 25, 29 seconds later. The line he puts out is it was Jost with Middlestat and Olsen with Jason yeah. and Fitzgerald, and they gave up a goal in 30 seconds. It was like, okay, cool, great. Like, that's all right. You know, Middlestat, Olsen, go have a seat. Uh, you know, maybe we'll put you out again. You know, at the, end, the last minute of the game, if we get up by by three goals again, but um, that's an issue they got to figure out. Don knows he's got to get it figured out with those two guys, but that, it's a severe lack of confidence with them. They know they're not playing well. They, it's stressful, so you know they see the other two scoring lines going off and popping off and scoring a ton of goals, and they they can't get anything going at five on five. So it's it's stressful. Uh, you know, half of, you know, half of Sabres Twitter wants to trade both of those guys out of town already. So it's, you know, they're, they're not going to do that though. They like them on the power play too much. Yeah. What point when it comes to middle style, I, I want to use him more as, as, as an example, I think back to Tage Thompson and mm-hmm. it's easy. Now you, you see a superstar and hey, that's what he is. He's turned into a superstar. And last year he became a star player. Well, before that, Bust, nothing, mediocre, run out of town, my fans, get rid of them. He, the worst trade ever with Ryan O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. You know, they got nothing back. They got a bunch of trash back, including Tage Thompson. That was a mindset not all that long ago, right? Yeah. Do you think because, which is an outlier, typically speaking, you know, if a player is that bad, you don't become one of the best players in the NHL. But right. do you think to some extent maybe – the organization is having an abundance of patience with a guy like say Casey Middlestat, because it's like what we see right now. Look, I'm no analytics guy. I'm no advanced stack guy. Okay. But mm-hmm. I do have, you know, a set of functioning eyeballs and I watch the games and I don't like what I see from Casey Middlestat. I don't know what the charts say. I know they say not good things about him, right. but I don't like the way he's playing. Mm-hmm. And at what point does Granado say, all right, man, you know, this isn't working and we got to scratch, we got to scratch and we got to do something 
We got to figure something out. And you could probably use Olsen as well. What I, I guess what I'm asking you is when you see Tage Thompson transform into what he's become compared to what he was, do you, do you kind of think that the, we should give Casey Middlestat more time? Like, am I burying him? Not me, but a lot of Sabres fans. Are we burying this guy too quick right now? Or do you feel like at this point in his career, he's played enough games, we've seen enough, he's played enough minutes in top six, top nine, you know, uh, ice time that is this what you see is what you're going to get? Get rid of him now if you can. It's it's tough because the injury stuff he had to deal with last year really, really just set him back because he was ready. To, I, Lance and I agree on this. That we think he was ready to bust out last year because uh, he had a great camp, you know, looked like fantastic shape, the whole thing. He was ready to go. Uh, and then he gets hurt like the first game of the season. And then he's, you know, he's not really a factor in the lineup for another three months after that. And you're like, oh, that stinks. Uh, the I, I think the organization really likes him. I think they like him a lot, um, which I think is why they're being they're they're as patient as they are with him, and they know they got to work stuff out. I also think there's there's a bit of an unfair expectation for Granado to fix everybody who comes through now, because you know Tyson Jost was a he was a number ten pick in the draft, you know, and he you know got traded from Colorado last season to Minnesota. Misses out on the Stanley Cup because of it. Like that sucks. Like you got trade deadline swap with Minnesota and, you know, loses out on playing for a cup for the team that drafted him and, you know, played there for like three, four years, whatever it was. Um, so they pick him up on waivers, they bring him in here, and then people start thinking, like, oh, well, you know, Don fixed Tage. So he's got to be able to fix Joe's too. And it's like, well, sometimes guys' skills, skill sets have to adjust to what they are as NHL pros. Like what they were in college or juniors or whatever is not what they're, but they're always destined to become as right. pros. Like sometimes you just got to change your, change your game up to, to fit in and play more effectively. Like that's just how it goes. Um, I think in Casey's case, uh, he's such an offensive-minded player that – I'm not saying you can't like help him become a better defensive player. And I don't think his defense is that big of a is that big of a problem right now. He's pretty good on the PK, honestly. Like he's been he's been pretty good there. Um, but like for to be a better, well-rounded player, like there's there's some of that aspect because right now, I mean, he's their face-off guy, kind of, which is a little weird. But uh, you know, that's that face-offs are just a giant team-wide issue. Just if you need him for the big ones, then okay, win those. Sure. But, um, but it's they're being patient with him because who wants to be the team that gives up a guy that, you know, just needed an extra year or something like that, you know, or just needed, needed to have the right coach or person or player to bend their ear or have the right experience where, Oh, now everything clicks. And now I've got it. You know, like you just firing. Uh, you basically don't want, you don't want to give away the next stage. Thompson It's kind of, it's kind of the, right, that, that's what I'm getting. And is it easier to be a little more patient with a guy like, Middle stat because you don't really have it's not like they have like last year at the end of the season, especially you felt like Quinn and, and Paterka were right there. Like they were on the verge of being NHL ready to go. And obviously mm-hmm. they certainly are now, which by the way, man, that line is really, really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but with middle set, it's not like Quinn is, you know, nipping at his heels right now, waiting to get mm-hmm. on the ice. You know what I'm saying? These guys, you know, Hennestros is hurt, right? He's yep. injured right now, so, yep. which I kind of wish he was because I'd like to see if he if he were healthy, 
what Granado might do with, you know, all of a sudden Middlestack continuing to struggle and maybe at least one of these two guys might get a night or two off in the press box. I yeah. don't know. But I guess what I'm saying is the fact that they, they got good prospects right now, but they don't have anybody who's like right there who could come up on this team tomorrow yeah. if Middlestack were to twist his ankle and be out for a couple weeks. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Um, that affords them to be a little bit more patient with him right now. Yeah. And it's also because he plays center. Like, I mean, he's played some wing now because because uh, they wanted to get Krebs between him and Olsen. Like, I get it. But, they, you know, Middlestat's still taking some face-offs. But just the defensive uh, assignment part of that is is the difference there. But um, but there there is nobody in, in Rochester right now that's pushing to be you know, like the, that third line attacking, you know, a third attacking line center. Like there's not somebody there right now. Next year, however, right. Yuri Kulik, who's playing in Rochester is playing very, very well right now in Rochester, but like, they're not going to, they're not going to bull rush him up that he could play in the NHL. I think he could play, but let him get some more games in North America. Like he's not, he's not a, an immediate threat to jump to the NHL right now, but he's playing very good in Rochester now. Uh, Matt Savoy didn't get selected uh, as part of the preliminary roster for Team Canada. Saw that, yeah. He's had a bit of a tough year there, but his team's weirdly like his team. His team is playing very well. They're winning a lot of games, but him and then like there's another. Another guy that was drafted like within the last year or so that is playing on a, the second line with him. Their top line is like a bunch of 20-year-old kids, which is like not really kids anymore. They're playing junior hockey. They're overage guys, but like, you know, they're doing well with them. So like, you, know, you just keep running them out there. Not very great from the development side of things, but it's not like it's not like he's having like an Isak Rosean time out there where he's playing seven minutes a game and getting benched and stuff like that. It's different with him, but there's been struggles. So it's it's a little different, but like those two guys are going to push, you know, Savoy, probably not next year. Savoy might go back to junior next year, you know, depending on how the rest of the season plays out. But Kulik is the next guy up next year. Not, you know, again, not this year. Maybe he plays a couple games at the end of the season. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but, but it's, it's kind of on Casey to, to get, get it together this year because it helps, you know, not help, but like other guys are on the way and, People are going to be coming for jobs. Like, you know, Roseanne's another one. Roseanne's playing very well. From Victor Olofsson, I'm looking over my shoulder going like, well, I only signed a two-year contract this summer. When right. am I getting sent out of town? You know, because it, it that's his his destiny seems like it's going to, he's going to get traded at some point, whether it's this this year or next year. It's, it, it seems like that's going to happen. But again, it's up to those kids to make it, to force the issue. And that's what we've seen from Cousins and, and Quinn and Paterka is that they've forced, they, they've forced themselves to be the number two line. You know, everybody thought it was going to be Middlestad Olsen and, you know, take your pick of whoever. No, it's it's those three. The P- PDQ line. We're running with it. Somebody said that to me today on Twitter. I'm running saw with it. I saw that. Like PDQ it so line. much better than the kids line. Oh, yes. My God, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, but they're the number two line right now. And against the Sharks, they played like a number one line. They were so good. They were. I watched that game. It was, it, it was exciting. Great. Again, if you're looking from a. A glass full approach. I think the Sabres have two really good lines, and I think they have three really good defensemen. There's lots to build on. The checking line is fine. Right. I, if you're looking at the glass half empty approach, so before we get out of here, I mean, some of it goes without saying. Either Middlestad and Olsen have to become good 
players, consistent players, five on five players, yes. or that line is going to, there's going to be a new line here in the next six to 18 months mm-hmm. that, you know, that those guys are going to be out because again, I really like these top two lines. Um, also, they're gonna, I think they're ultimately going to need another really good defenseman. Uh, like I said, there's three that you can definitely you feel really good about right now. Here's the other thing, though, and we don't talk about this enough. I don't think anybody ever talks about this enough because we spend so much time talking about the young kids mm-hmm. and all the goal scorers. It's freaking goaltending. You know, again, glass half empty. The Sabres, I think they've only won like three of their last 13 or 14, something like that. They went on that seven-game losing streak. That buried yeah. them. That, that, that hurt them a lot. Anyway... I know stats can be really misdeceiving when it comes to goaltending. I understand that. I look at UPL right now, and coming into last night's game, I think he had like a 4.22 goals against. Again, if you want to you wanna say, well, he's played better than the stats indicate, I, I suppose that would be fair. I don't like what I saw last night. Again, I'm no analytics dude. I'm no fancy hockey stat guy. But this dude just, I don't, am I wrong when I say, I am growing confident, and I know I'm. I know I'm not the only Sabres fan who thinks this. He ain't it. I just, I, I just, I don't see it with UPL. It, am I entirely premature at this point? Still, which maybe I am. I don't know. I see his ceiling as a viable number two. That is like literally what I see is not his floor. That's yeah. what I see his ceiling at at this point. I'm not impressed with this stint at all. Am I reading yeah. into this wrong though? Not completely. Um, there's there, there are some meritable complaints to be had. Um, I, I think that's only fair. Um, you know, there's there are some occasions where it's it's like, oh man, how does he miss that one? Or it's he's a high glove if he gets beat again. Like, you know, correct it. Like, why does he get so small? He's six foot five. Why is he? You know, why is he? Why does he become so small when he's when he's in position? Like, things like that where you're just kind of like, all right, man, like what's going on here? The flip side of it though. I mean, like, and his numbers don't, the numbers are not good. Like, you know, 856, 8% is brutal. That's terrible. 418 goals against average, which is a team, that's a team stat. Don't That's a team stat. Wrong, but it's still not good. Um, you know, 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. Well, he's batting 500 for records. So I got, you know, kind of 500, 500 points percentage. He but, played tough teams early on too, right? Yeah. I mean, that, 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 that's why I said goals against average. I might not want to put too much into that, but that save percentage you just told me, that's really shitty. Yeah. But also like... Okay, so he's he's allowed 21 goals. It's tough. Ten of them are power play goals, though. Like, yeah. How 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 is your team giving up 10 power play goals? And it's not always the goalie's fault. The PK has to do their job, and the PK has not done their job. Now, granted, it's Colorado scoring three power play goals against them. It's Tampa Bay scoring three elite teams taking advantage of a young team making dumb mistakes. Like that's sure. what that is. But also your professional hockey players, you should, you know, the PK has to, you just naturally have to be better than that. Like they just cannot, cannot be like that like for, for, for any amount of time. Like that's, they've got the sixth worst PK in the league right now. Like they're, you know, Anaheim's Anaheim and St. Louis have been god awful on the PK, and they're one and two, and they're four, four, four to five percentage points ahead of them. Like that's not good. Like it's you know you're barely over seventy percent. That's bad. That's very very bad. But uh, help your goalies out, man. You know, like it's you know his save percentage on 
power plays is like 656 or something. It's horrible. And like every other shot is going in almost. And you're like, well, he's got to stop one. It's like, well, yeah, but like, I don't know. Cover the guy taking a slap shot from the circle. Cover the guy in front of the net that, you know, just seems to have all day to shoot. Do something. Do literally anything. Get in front of a shot. Block a shot. Labushkin tried to get, block some shots, and he did. Probably saved them a point against Tampa, but he, you know, messed up his foot doing it. So it's, uh, it's, I, I, you, you want to appropriately like judge him for, for some of this stuff. Like, because again, you, you can't argue those numbers. The numbers are bad. But then you look at, like, you know, how he does in the different strengths. You know, again, power play, 688 save percent, terrible. 10 of, 10 of 32 shots against him have gone in. Bad, but that's the PK. Like, uh, you know, fix your PK. Do P- do better on the PK. Uh, but even strength, 910. Craig Anderson's is only slightly better at 915. Like, okay. Like, if you don't take penalties, he's going to have a much better chance to win <laughs> to win games. And they didn't take very many penalties last night against the Sharks, did they? Yeah. Like, you know, Sabres power play lit it up instead. Like that was that was the that was the difference in that one. So you know, stay out of the box, help your goalie. Like until you fix your PK, stay out of the goddamn box. <laughs> well, I tell you what, man. If nothing else, good and bad, the Buffalo Sabres are, are keeping things interesting this year and like i said it's a they're a fun watch right now and i and we said this before this season i think realistically that was probably the best that you could hope for is that they would be a fun watch but they're keeping things interesting big week big couple weeks coming up here for uh the buffalo bills guys make sure you follow joe on twitter at jill yurden check out made his day podcast every monday joe yurden lance lazowski from the buffalo news the best hockey podcast when it comes to Buffalo hockey, anyway, out there, bar none. And again, make sure, if you haven't done this already, go to notedhockey.substack.com. Check out Joe's Noted Hockey Substack. Subscribe. Five bucks per month. That's peanuts. Or 50 bucks per year. Or 50 bucks plus per year. You can be a noted founder. Put Joe to work. Thanks, buddy, man. Like I said, it's been a couple weeks. Uh, I had to knock a little bit of rust off here on my end. But it's, it's always good to have you on the podcast, man. Uh, it's it's good to be back. It's good to be talking some some football and getting into getting in the spirit of things. It's a, it's always a good time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that seventy five percent of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over thirty five, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.